What's up everybody? My name is Joe Morado and we are Apes Development. Going to do something a little bit different this week. Been challenged by someone very close to me to do something a little bit different. I've met someone recently who has... I have been challenged by someone dear to me uh, to be brave and to keep it real. And so this week's episode is actually going to be on keeping it real. All right, so let's try this again. The remix. What's up, everybody? My name is Joe Morado, and we are Apes Development. Now this week we're going to do something. This week we're going to do something a little bit different. I have uh, have somebody who's very dear to me, who has worked her way into my life, um, who has challenged me to to do something different. I'm I'm going to do that because the the whole purpose of this podcast has always been about transparency and honesty. And working on the, the the factors of recovery, which is accountability, positivity, emotional and spiritual growth, and through through meeting this through meeting this this friend of mine, uh, through meeting this woman, I have been challenged my my own abilities to communicate and my own abilities to deal with my own past trauma and my own demons. My ability to practice all of the things that I preach has been challenged and and I have failed. I have failed a couple of times and I have failed to practice what I preach. And today I was feeling like a fraud, like a phony. And, and in, in conversating with, with her and being honest with her, I said, you know, I, I feel like I'm a fraud because I can't practice what I preach. And... I felt felt like I wasn't as healthy as I thought I was. And I thought I, I I felt like I wasn't as equipped to deal with life in situations as I thought I was. And in reality, I've done a pretty bang up job, I have to admit, uh, in communicating and being transparent and being vulnerable, uh, taking responsibility for my part in situations all of those things that I talk about, I have done and I have shown this, this person and, uh, she has a great deal of respect and admiration for me as do I for her, but she gets parts of me that no one else does. And she sees parts of me that I don't share with anyone else ever. Uh, and that's what, and that's what this episode is about. It's about being transparent and being real about everything all the time. And, you know, I, I put on this, or I have this persona, I believe most of the time with most people that I know I'm, I'm very abrasive. I'm very outgoing. I'm very funny. I'm very charismatic. Uh, these are all character traits of Joe Morato, a hundred percent. It's, it's not fake. It's not a front, uh, but there are parts of me that I keep very bottled up and very blocked off and very secret from the world. Um, and, and, and I don't mean that in a way of to be deceitful. Uh, I don't mean that in a, in, in a way that I'm being deceitful. There are just parts of me that none of you ever see. 
and there are parts of me that no one ever sees and there are parts of me that I keep very protected and I keep very locked up uh, and they've those parts of me have only been seen by a select few and This is a very, very cruel and this is a very, very cruel and merciless world that we live in. And I believe that everybody has been discriminated against. I feel like everyone has been bullied at some point or singled out at some point. And it's something that we just all accept because that's the world that we live in. And part of my coping mechanisms and part of my coping skills and part of my dealing uh, with the world that we live in is to keep parts of me completely reserved and completely out of reach and out of touch from anyone else. And and I don't mean to be elusive. I, I'm, I'm struggling to I'm, I'm struggling to be transparent about it. I have a very, 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 very sensitive side. And that part of me has only been, been seen by a select few people. And that's only because when I am feel connected enough to someone or safe enough with someone to really be myself and to really show that part of me, uh, that's the only time that guy shows up that there's, you know, I'm, I, I have a very, very sensitive, tender, loving, passionate, romantic side who loves to draw and paint and write poetry and, you know, deep down, deep down underneath all of this rigid exterior is a helpless romantic. And... No one would ever believe that. No one would ever believe that I write poetry or that uh, that I love love and that I believe in a magical fairy tale kind of love. And I don't ever talk about that. And I don't ever let anyone see that side of me. But I absolutely do. I absolutely believe that my Disney princess is out there. And uh, anyhow... The point is, is that I was sharing with my with my friend, who shall remain nameless and uh, anonymous, to protect her identity and to protect her from any kind of any kind of harm, because, like I said, this is a cruel and and vicious and bullying, jealous world that we live in, and people are toxic. And people do things out of spite and out of jealousy. And I wouldn't want anyone close to me to be harmed uh, because of something that I talked about or because I, I outed them. But she knows who she is. And she knows that this episode is about her. Because I told her it was going to be. Anyhow, uh, this, this friend of mine gets to see that romantic side and that tender side. And... She gets to see and hear me be passionate and 
romantic and say sweet and endearing things constantly and supportive and encouraging things and I explained to her that you know everything that I say in this podcast is true all of my experiences all of my trauma all of my baggage all of my demons all of my past everything that I share about is transparent I disconnect from it emotionally when I talk about it there hasn't been too much time where you guys have seen me be emotional uh, and that's because I do disconnect from it when I talk about it when I talk about my, my abusive father uh, or, or toxic relationships or any kind of fear or any kind of emotion uh, it's talked about from a logical mental place it's not talked about from an emotional place and the truth is, is that I'm a very emotional person and I've hardly let those emotions be seen. Most people see the, the tough guy comic. That's, that's, the, the, that's the persona. That's the character that I display to the world. Uh, am I kind and tolerant and loving and gracious to people? Yes. Because no matter what part of me I'm sharing, the way I treat people is the same. I'm consistent because I treat people the way that I want to be treated. The problem is, is that 90% of this world doesn't do that. And I believe that we can all affect that if we all treat people the way that we want to be treated. So getting back to the importance of transparency, I've been trying to get this friend of mine to listen to the podcast and to get a better understanding of my experiences without talking about them and to get a better feel for my passion for helping people and, and communicating and practicing living better and by living by better standards. Because to be honest, most of my time uh, with her is spent romancing her because she brings that part of me out. So at her request, I am, am being transparent about that side of me and I am revealing my sensitive side. That is the point of this episode is to reveal my sensitive side and to share some of my emotional experiences, share some of my hidden talents and to talk about the parts of me that people don't see, the parts of me that I don't talk about on the podcast. Um, yeah, because there are many layers to me and there are many facets to me and Part of me that the world doesn't see ever is the the hopeless romantic, the the creative artist, uh, the the romantic philosopher, I guess. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I wear tight-fitting shirts to show off my muscles. I don't wear my glasses 90% of the time because I think they're nerdy and I don't think it's cool. I don't think I look cool wearing glasses, even though I can hardly see and I can hardly read without them. I wear them on the podcast because I'm constantly reading. That's another thing I'm going to say is that I didn't do any research. I didn't do any scripting. I didn't do any planning. I'm just coming off the dome and off the heart. Uh, with the things that I'm sharing about tonight. 
struggling to make eye contact with the camera because I'm uncomfortable talking about these things and admitting these things. Uh, I know that there are probably some of you who will not be surprised or who knew all along that I was a big softy. Um, and I know that there are some of you that are just not going to fucking believe some of the shit that I'm about to read and share with you. But uh, anyhow, uh, I want to show you guys that I have books, composition notebooks full of scribbles and writings. I have countless pages of journaling and self self uh, evaluation notes and notes for po the podcast top subjects I have pages and pages of poetry that I've typed out on the computer and written over the years some of these are dated 2003 2018 2011 most of you don't know that I've been published I've actually been published I have poetry that's been published in, in poetry books. I have pages and pages and pages of poetry. When I was younger, I was in a band or two, and I wrote songs. I have songs from 20 years ago that I wrote, typed out. Nobody has any idea that any of these things exist or that they've made it through my journey. I have friends that I was in a band with when I was 18, 19 years old who probably have no idea that I still have the lyrics to the songs that I wrote when we were together. I've picked a couple of my I've picked a couple of my, my favorite poems to share with you guys. I've got my own little poetry book that I've written in for years. It's got poetry, it's got all kinds of things written in here. And eventually I want to have a, a book of poetry published that, that is on the list. Uh, almost nobody on the planet knows that. Almost no one. Liz, if you're listening, I'm going to write a, I'm going to read a, a poem that I wrote about our, our marriage and, and when we separated. So I'm going to read a, I'm going to read a few of my poems. I'm going to show you guys a couple of my paintings that I've done and, and talk about the, the story behind them. Uh, people don't realize that I, that I draw and I paint and it's an, another outlet. I, I, I talked about journal writing. I've, I've talked about writing as a way to process your thoughts. Uh, it has been a way that I have processed my feelings and emotions my entire life and uh, not always in a healthy way. Some of my Some of my writings are dark. Some of them are all of them are limericky, I'll warn you, uh, you know. You know what? Here, for the sake of vulnerability, no hat, no disguises, no accessories. So this is a poem that I wrote for or about Liz, my first wife. And it was written about 25 years ago. It's called What Love Is. It seems like yesterday that I left my wife. Hurting and scared, I had to change my life. 
Whether it was for the best is still unclear. I was living a bunch of lies filled with anger and fear. I had to get away and had to clear out my head. I had to stop using before I ended up dead. Trying to start over and trying not to regret. The love that we shared I'll just never forget. Will she forgive me or does that even matter? I feel so alone like I've never been sadder. I know I can't dwell, I just have to move on. I've been up all night just waiting for dawn. To play hide and sleep with the sunlight of day. Just wanting and wishing my sadness away. It took me some time for me not to feel wrong. I tried to get it all out in the form of a song. That didn't work, but I began to feel better. I needed to get honest with her, so I wrote her a letter. I had admitted my faults and then forgave hers. Didn't even point out any of the hitting or slurs. It's not about blame or the feeling of shame. We were both trying to win what wasn't a game. Refusing to be beaten and too stubborn to quit, I guess I'm pretty lucky we got out of that shit. Clarity to me is the most terrible thing of all, because when we weren't fighting, we were having a ball. At this point, I don't really care if I ever find love again, because I think I'm quite fortunate that I found it in a friend. I don't think you've ever heard that, Liz. If you're listening, you're welcome. Thank you for the inspiration. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Liz is my number one. She was my ride or die, and uh, she's the the one that the one that got away because of my lying and drug using and and brokenness. When we were 22, 23 years old, lifetime ago, and we are good friends today. So if you're listening, I love you, and I hope that you're living your best life. This one's about my dad, who I've talked about in previous episodes, about uh, the abusiveness of, of, or the abusive nature of that relationship. And uh, again, I've always disconnected when I talk about things from my past. I don't show emotion because I talk from a a mental place, a logical place. Uh, Anyway, this poem is called The Saddest Man I Ever Knew. A real hero was my first impression of you. After a while, that didn't seem to be so true. You were filled with so much anger and so much rage, I always thought that those were things that came with age. So obsessive and compulsive, down to your very core, you could always be the winner if I could just keep the score. And though nothing I ever, and though nothing ever seemed to ever be your fault, my love for you stayed locked inside of my heart-shaped vault. You turned into the dark and scary figure of my dreams, still always trying to excuse your hateful screams. You left and denied any and all responsibility without ever a thought of what that could do to me. Again, I found a way to forgive and I tried to start again. And then there was that Father's Day that truly did me in. So selfish and so arrogant that you could never see the beauty and tenderness you had in a son like me. So old and so alone and still so full of pride. And that's the way you stayed until the day you died. I always saved my love for you, even though it never grew. And I can finally accept that you're the saddest man I ever knew. Be brave, she said. Be brave. Let them see who I see, she said. 
called being comfortable in the gray. I can feel the winds of time blowing across my face, thinking of a love that was lost in a painful last embrace. Angry that a situation just isn't as it seems, pondering the lack of irony in the timing of drunken dreams. Hurt by the words of a friend who means to me so much more. So I pull out my sacred book from where it's been hiding in my drawer. And soon I'll see in black and white just where I went astray. Or remembering all about being comfortable in the gray. My actions of the past are the things I cannot change. So the future and the outcomes are what I'm trying to arrange. It just goes to show that I'm really not that guy. Because if I was, then I would just be. And I wouldn't have to try. <clears throat> 2003. Who am I? You know, I have to say that's a really good question. In fact, figuring it out has almost become an obsession. I've been so many people on this journey through life, a gangster, a laser jockey, a businessman with a wife. I sold drugs, I hung out with thugs, was even an athlete, was even that guy that all the girls thought was so sweet. From putting in work to always going with the flow, I've never been able to determine the identity of Joe. I quit school to work because I so badly wanted to be a man. I'm just a big fucking kid doing the best that I can. Trying so hard to be part of and always feeling less than. What can I say? It was just the way that I was programmed. I was so little when told over and over again that I was no damn good. Of course I was going to grow up the way you said that I would. Confused, afraid, and angry about not being okay with me. Always having to prove myself because then everyone would see. That I am good enough and more times I'm better than most. And then false arrogance comes over whenever I start to boast. Trying to convince everyone that I really am that guy. All the while, I keep asking myself, who am I? <clears throat> so I suffer from this disease that centers in my mind. It causes all sorts of chaos during my daily grind. Especially when it comes to Shorty and where I'm at with her. My thoughts all run together and now everything's a blur. Maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. Thinking it's this box of cookies that isn't making me fat. My ideas are fucked up. That's the only thing I'm sure. And sometimes I get so angry that my words begin to slur. I lose focus and then I start in with an evil thought about hurting people or about all the times that I've fought. About stupid little things or reasons that I created. Something someone thought of me and just had never stated. My head drives me crazy when it tells me that I'm a failure. Like the, like the sound the ocean makes to a lonely shipwrecked sailor. <laughs> oh, Lord. guys I, I don't know I, I you know I got a lot and I got some good ones that I really like so 
We'll go. We'll go with insanity reaching out. Let me give you the backstory. So I belonged in two thousand. I don't know, two thousand and one, <laughs> way back, nine eleven. I belonged to a, a poetry forum because I could secretly go online and belong to a poetry club anonymously, and I did uh, when I was much younger. And there was a community of, of anonymous people who posted poetry and then people would critique their poetry and it was anonymous so uh, you would get you know honest opinions from other people who wrote poetry which was pretty cool anyway I was scrolling through the forums one day on this on this poetry feed and there was a title or a place for a poem that had been deleted and it said that the content had been deleted by the system administrator for violating the terms of service. But the only thing that was left was a title. And it said insanity reaching out. And so being the creative wordsmith that I am, I decided to write a poem in the comments with the same title. And then lots of people followed suit. So a line that had been, or a poem that had been deleted ended up having 17 poems under it because of the title so I found this empty thread and I commented it anonymously as compulsion or compulsion X was my call sign or tag insanity reaching out you feel the urges coming up deep from within like a monkey on your back or the devil's evil grin but you know that these are not natural, the things that you desire. For when you're on a run again, you're a thief, a cheat, and a liar. Small price to pay when you don't know that you're insane. And all you're trying to do is get away from all the pain. Of things that happened in the past, and some a bit more recent. That make you want to run away from feeling so indecent. You have tried at many times to blame others for your fate. But after all, it was you that gave in and had to demonstrate. That the powers of addiction will make you scream and shout because all along inside you was insanity reaching out. <clears throat> Alright, two more and then I'm out. This one's about getting sober. And God. It's called Life is a Trip. I pack my bags and get ready to go, but where I'm headed, I don't really know. I know where I started, at least, so I think, somewhere back there without a first drink. Asking for directions every step of the way, always remembering it's just for today. Some days I go further, some days I go back. It doesn't really matter when you're on the right track. Trying not to try to fill that hole in my soul, who would have thought that finding God was the goal? He gives me the strength and the courage I need, helps me not chase the credit when I do a good deed. Keeps me willing to love and willing to try, willing to walk through the feelings that are making me cry. Sometimes I pretend that I can make it on my own, but it's only because of him that I've changed and I've grown. So when I get humble and I get out of the way, God brings me gifts as I trudge through the day. And as long as I'm honest, then I won't take a sip. So simple, but not easy. God life is a trip. All right, the last one is about, well, you'll see. 
It's about using dreams. People that are in recovery or sober or clean, we get these dreams of getting high and drinking or that scandalous life that we live. And for me, usually those dreams happen when I'm not acting right or I'm not living right or I'm making mistakes and my conscience is eating at me. Uh, I'll start having these dreams. And I, and I don't know if it's my subconscious reminding me of where I'm headed if I don't get fucking back on the right track or what. Anyhow, I was living in a sober living house at the time. And, uh, yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about this dream that I had. My life was all fucked up and things were pretty bad. I woke up in the night with the coldest of sweats, my heart beating fast due to pain and regrets. I take a look around to find that I'm still here. My roommates are all asleep and they have no idea. That I'm tripping again and I can't fucking sleep. And so I get up to smoke and into the backyard I creep. I sit and think to myself on this cold dark night about whether or not I'm ever going to win this fight. After ten cigarettes and a lot of deep breathing, it's now three o'clock and my ass is fucking freezing. So I go back in the house and I climb back into bed asking God to take these thoughts from my head. And instead of sitting back and always wondering why, I've accepted the fact it's the only time I get high. So there you go. There's a small taste of the sensitive poet that lives somewhere deep in all of this. Now for some paintings, and then we'll talk about some more... Uh, struggle, right? Keeping it real. So back to keeping it real. I, uh, I would not consider myself an artist by any stretch of the imagination. I would say that I have some artistic ability. I would never consider myself a, a painter or, a, or someone who, you know, I don't know. I have some artistic ability. Sometimes things come out really good. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple, couple of pieces that I've done. Give you a backstory. <laughs> uh, so, I was dating someone. I was dating someone who had an affinity for horses, and she wanted paintings of horses all over the house. And I was going through cancer at the time and I was doing a lot of drawing and a lot of painting because it kept my mind busy and it kept my hands busy. And idle hands are the devil's plaything, right? So you gotta stay busy and you gotta stay productive and you gotta stay creative, especially if you're sober because we get into shit. Uh, anyway, I said, well, why don't you let me draw and paint you a horse? And uh, <laughs> it's one of those things, man. It's just one of those things. So I drew a horse, painted a horse, and it came out a little cartoony, I suppose. So I don't know if you guys can see or how well you can see. But I've never drawn or attempted to draw. There you go. I've never drawn or attempted to draw or paint anything like that before. And uh, I thought it came out pretty fucking good, to be real honest. I, I was pretty friggin' impressed with myself, and uh, I thought she was going to love it. Wrong, though. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, no, her response was, it's kind of cartoony. It looks like 
a Disney horse. And I was like, wow, you're kind of an ungrateful bitch. And I said, okay. And so I took it and put it in our shed. And uh, that weekend, we went to Hobby Lobby and she bought $75 worth of horse paintings. And I was fucking wounded by that. I was devastated by that. And you know what I learned that day? That she was not for me. And uh, people will let you know. People will let you know. Uh, I would never have ever made anyone feel so unappreciated. Even if I thought something was shitty, I would have recognized the effort and the thought and the thoughtfulness behind it, and I would have appreciated it and thanked them and loved them for it. And, uh, and I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation, to be real honest. I feel like... I feel like if you treat people the way that you want to be treated, that isn't how you would treat someone who spent, I don't know, 20 hours drawing and painting and working on something. It was also in a handmade frame, and the frame was painted, and it was, yeah. Anyway, the frame didn't make it. The painting did. Uh, if anybody's interested in a horse painting, I have one, and you can have it. Uh, it was, it's free to a good home. All of my artwork is... So there's the story behind the horse painting. Uh, people, people are thoughtless when they say things and people are thoughtless with their behavior. And that's what the apes mentality is about. It's about being accountable. It's about being positive. And it's about emotional and spiritual growth. Apes. Uh, practice. I practice what I preach. I'm doing that right now, keeping it real. So now you guys know that I have painted a horse. You know that I think I did a pretty fucking bang up job with it. And you know that I was wounded in the process. Uh, which is probably part of the reason that I don't share this part of me with very many people. Because it makes me vulnerable. Uh, it makes me vulnerable and susceptible to being hurt. And anyhow. Uh, yeah. So moving on. Next. So. You know, they say, I always like to, I like to challenge. They say that hands are the hardest thing to draw or paint. I disagree. I've, I've drawn and painted hands. Uh, I've used my own hands as models. I've, I've literally sat and drawn my own hand, painted my own hands. I've drawn and painted praying hands. Uh, something that I struggle to draw and paint is hair. So while I was going through cancer, I got it in my mind that I was going to like draw or paint the hardest thing that I could imagine, and that was Chewbacca. <laughs> so this is my attempt at painting everyone's favorite Wookiee. I don't know how well you guys can see it, but he definitely has his utility belt and his crossbow and like 70 shades of brown, blonde, and gray. Uh, let me see if I can get better. I'm pretty sure you can tell it's Chewbacca without, without too much trouble. Anyhow, uh, Chewbacca definitely made it into the, the Hall of Fame, the Joe Murado Painting Hall of Fame. I'll show you one of my favorite paintings and I'll tell you why. I have lots of paintings as well uh, in, my, in my pantry. The, uh, the favorite painting I have is 
motivated by my favorite villain. And I was sitting while I was going through cancer. You know, a lot of these were done during that time a few years ago. And uh, sitting at the house and I was thinking to myself and when I was thinking about what I was going to paint or a subject matter and I was watching a lot of Star Wars at the time. You know, if you want to kill some time, watch all the Star Wars movies in succession. Uh, and I'm a Star Wars nerd anyway. I, I know that a lot of you know that because I'm not secretive about that. Uh, yeah, and one of the things that I was talking to my one of the things that I was talking to my dear one about is, uh, you know, I got bullied a lot when I was a kid, and I got picked on a lot for being a fat kid, and uh, I worked on being the scariest version of myself that I could be for a long time so that I wouldn't get bullied and I wouldn't get picked on. And uh, my question to her was, how much do you think I get picked on now? And the reality of the matter is, is that I don't get picked on now. A, because I don't surround myself with people who mistreat me, number one. Number two, I carry myself in such a way and I am protective of myself in such a way that if someone attempted to pick on me, they would regret it without me becoming physically violent. Um, I can be incredibly hostile and incredibly intimidating without being physical. And that's a skill that I've honed in this cruel and malicious world that we live in. Uh, I've learned to become very intimidating and very threatening without having to lay hands on anyone. Uh, and that's not something that I'm proud of. It's, it's sad. And it's sad that I have that ingrained in me, that, that tough guy, rigid, tough guy exterior. Uh, and if pushed and if challenged, I, I, I will. I will go hands. I will go hands on. And uh, it's been a long time since I put hands on anyone because I haven't had to. But uh, the point is, is that I was thinking about, I was thinking about this villain and I was thinking about myself and being the villain in people's stories. And ironically enough, it's so, so fucking relevant to this podcast and this episode. Because I was thinking to myself, you know, what if, what if this guy wasn't such a bad guy? Like, what if when no one was around, he was tender? He had a tender side. He had an artistic side. What if, while this guy wasn't out murdering and destroying and trying to take over the galaxy, what if he was really a sensitive artist underneath it all? What if his escape was standing out on his balcony painting a skyscape? And so, thus the idea was born to draw and paint Darth Vader uh, on his, the balcony or a terrace on his fortress on Mustafar, which was the volcanic planet where he was essentially born into darkness when Anakin Skywalker was cut down by Obi-Wan Kenobi and consumed by lava and caught fire and you know, got his arms and, and legs chopped off and became a torso engulfed in flames uh, hence being born into darkness and hatred and the dark side uh he took up he took up residence on Mustafar, and Mustafar became his 
his domain and and you know you see his his fortress on Mustafar in Rogue One and a couple of different movies and and I believe even in uh, even in the the show the 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 Mandalorian show or the the yeah I think so well anyway I can't remember which show it is but there are scenes with with Darth Vader on Mustafar anyhow rambling what I did. You can see. Really? Here? Yeah. No. There. So, I actually have a wooden easel like this. And he's got his canvas up on his easel. And he is standing out on his terrace on Mustafar, looking out into the distance. And the volcanoes and the lava, the rivers of lava running and leading to his fortress. He actually painted the sky. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out. There. He actually painted the sky, the skyscape, with the Death Star in the sky, and the two moons of Mustafar, and he has duplicated that scene onto the canvas. So this is probably my favorite painting because. A, I think I did a fucking bang-up job once again. And because it holds a special meaning to me, because Darth Vader, like myself, isn't all bad and has a soft and sensitive side. So, there you go. Darth Vader, Mustafar. He's a fucking painter. Nobody knew it. Now you know Darth Vader is an artistic soul. These are things that people don't know about me. These are things that I don't share about me. And the purpose of this episode is to be transparent and to be vulnerable and to share honestly the parts of me that no one gets to see. Uh, certain things will be saved for my certain things will be saved before my partner and and that will be that. but um, she knows who she is and she knows my heart and uh, yeah, so here I am being brave, being transparent, being vulnerable, sharing some of my artistic, softer, sensitive side. Uh, I am. I'm a hopeless romantic, and I believe in love, and I love love, and I love people, and I, I want everyone to treat each other with respect and to treat each other they want to, the way that they want to be treated. So, in our apes' development... Accountability. I'm being accountable to myself. I'm being accountable to all of you. I'm being accountable to my partner by taking responsibility for being fully transparent and telling you all who I really am. Uh, I'm a I'm a big sensitive crybaby underneath it all, and uh, I still carry a lot of wounds and a lot of baggage, and no one gets to see that either because I keep all of that locked up too. Uh, I carry a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of hurt still. And, uh, and I didn't know that. I didn't realize that until I, I started getting to know this person and we started sharing some of our stuff and being vulnerable with each other. And in doing that, uh, it was like holding up a mirror, you know, and 
until you until you connect with someone on that level and until you become vulnerable with someone on that level you don't realize how much your stuff is still there you you know it, it's just carried it's carried in a in a boda bag or a, a, a satchel just as a part of my everyday life and I don't even realize it's there it's been there so long and it's just become a part of me uh, but when you start sharing yourself with someone and you start opening up to someone those things come out on their own and uh, especially when you have similar traumas and similar hurts uh, and similar hang-ups it becomes real apparent real quickly things that are things that are still there triggers things that trigger us and uh, we have both she and I have both been triggered in the last month or so and we have bounced back and the willingness to walk through uncomfortable feelings this is something that I have talked about in many of my episodes is that it takes willingness to walk through uncomfortable shit that's how we grow that's how we grow we, we got to be willing to be uncomfortable we got to be willing to listen and we got to be willing to take responsibility when we've made a mistake and I think that when you find the right people in your life who are also like-minded or who want the same things especially when you find the right person who is willing to meet you there uh, and you know that's a blessing in itself and it's not something to be taken lightly and it's not something that I take lightly I definitely don't I uh, I tell her often that uh, tell her often that I believe she's my person and you know that's a pretty it's a pretty rad feeling and um, I don't know what's gonna happen I don't know where that's gonna go I know where I believe it's gonna go and I know how I feel um, I'm pretty crazy about her and I'm pretty sure she's pretty crazy about me so now you all know that I'm talking to someone uh, also been a secret because I'm pretty private about those things and uh, I'm very protective of my emotions and I'm very protective of people close to me most of you know that that I'm very protective of people close to me and that I don't like people messing with my friends and I don't like people messing with my family and uh, if I have love for you in any kind of way, I won't let people speak bad of you or, or harm you in front of me. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I guess this is my outing myself. I, I, am, I am involved. Joe Morado is officially involved and his heart is taken, ladies. I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, it's ironic how much I talk about holding out for the right person and how many episodes I've done and how many times I've talked about not settling and waiting until you find the person that's for you. And uh, God has a funny way of, of pulling triggers and making moves without our permission or consent. And uh, I definitely didn't see her coming. She definitely didn't see me coming. And I will, more will be revealed. I will keep you all up to date. Uh, certainly, certainly there will be a golden introduction at some point. But uh, as, of, as of today, 
this is my my tribute to her. So you can all thank my my friend. Uh, you can all thank my girl for this episode, for sharing this stuff with y'all. Uh, I don't know if she didn't believe me that no one had knew about this stuff or had heard it or I hadn't shared it, but I've been telling her that she gets parts of me that no one else does. And so here's my here's my truth. My truth is that uh, I'm I'm sensitive, and I've got an oversized heart, and I love everyone, and I want you all to love each other and to be good to each, yourselves and each other, always. You deserve to be happy. I believe that we all deserve to be happy. I believe that's what the big guy wants. He wants us all to be happy. He wants us all to love one another. He wants us all to help each other grow and uh, to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And this is me attempting to do that. One more step in the direction of being the best version of myself that I can and being totally transparent and being vulnerable, sharing feelings that I don't share with anyone, letting you guys see me get emotional and misty-eyed. I'm actually really glad that I didn't cry as much as I thought I was going to because I thought I was. Uh, some of those old old feelings are still down there. And uh, I appreciate all of you for listening. I, I love you all. And I appreciate you all following my journey and listening to the podcast and being supporters. Some of you listen every week. Some of you comment every week. Some of you message me and text me every week. Uh, I'm not going to disable comments. Like, subscribe, tell me I'm full of shit, tell me I'm a crybaby, whatever you want to say, I don't care. Uh, this, this episode wasn't about anything other than keeping it real and being transparent and showing my softer side. So you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the inspiration, Mama. I, uh... I would never, ever, ever have done this without a push, without, without your encouragement. I would have never, ever done this. So, yeah, y'all say hi to my girl. Be nice. Be loving. Be kind. Uh, she's an amazing person, an amazing creature. Obviously, if I, if I have chosen her to be a part of my life and to be a part of my journey, you already know that she is one hell of a fucking person. And uh, I look forward to you all meeting her. Anyway, I love you all. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, share, send it to someone, make fun of me. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just keep listening. Like I tell you every week, I don't care what you say about me as long as you talk about me. My name is Joe Morado. We are Apes Development. Anybody wants a horse, let me know. <laughs>